Now, I got good news for you today. The good news is that Satan can tempt you, but he cannot force you. He can only get you tempted. He can lure, but he can't make you step out and take the bait. That's your decision and mine. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Some of the giants we encounter, we should stand and fight, while there are others, we should look for the nearest exit door. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series I'm calling Disarming Your Giants, with a look at how to disarm the giant of temptation. You know, when we hear the word giant, we immediately think of young David facing off with Goliath, holding only a slingshot and five smooth stones. His victory over the nine-foot-tall Philistine is the stuff of legends. But some of the giants we face are not to be fought this way. In fact, the Bible instructs us to flee the scene of temptation. This may at first sound cowardly, but the hard truth is if you stand there too long, you're going to lose the battle. So let's go to today's message and see what the Bible has to say about disarming the giant of temptation. Now, this passage describes the intensity of an attack of temptation. When you're really under a temptation, it's a big deal. It's very, very real. As a matter of fact, when he says, no temptation has taken you, that little phrase, taken you, means seized you or assailed you. And the idea is of a thief coming up behind you, grabbing you and accosting you, And not letting you go, you're under an attack. That's the idea of no temptation has taken you, seized you, assailed you, apprehended you. So a temptation is something that must be dealt with. Somebody said, well, the way I deal with temptation is I just yield and it's over. Well, that's not the way to deal with temptation. (laughs) Hello. We could go home on that one, couldn't we? This verse tells us three things about temptation. First, it tells us that everybody experiences temptation. Nobody is immune, not anybody. Everybody in this room, everybody watching by streaming, everybody listening by radio, everyone in the whole world, including the Lord Jesus Christ, is tempted to sin. The second thing it tells us is the kind of temptation you're experiencing is not unprecedented or unique. You're not an exception. The enemy will tell us so many times, well, you're different. You're experiencing temptations nobody else experiences. You're a step above others. But you know what the Bible says? When you're being tempted, there's millions of others around the world experiencing the same temptation. You're not unique. The third thing it tells us is that God knows about your temptation, and he promises to open a way of escape from the temptation that you might win the battle. God knows what you're going through. He knows what's knocking on your door. He knows what's luring you 
and tempting you and drawing you and seeking to take you down. He knows. Now, the giant of temptation is never defeated once for all. It's defeated on a daily basis as we go through our Christian life all the way up to when we go home be with Jesus. The only time temptation will ever stop is when we're in heaven. And thank God one of the beautiful things about heaven is going to be there's no more temptation. No more temptation. Not ever. Now, the sad thing is a lot of Christians don't deal well with temptation. I want to quote a statement to you. Listen to this. Fail to plan and you're planning to fail. If, if you're failing to plan, then you are planning to fail. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? Today, I'm going to prepare to be tempted. I'm just going to go out and intentionally set myself up. But here's what we do. We do fail to prepare not to fall into temptation. The Bible teaches us that we've got to be preemptive with temptation. We've got to be preemptive knowing that it's not if, but it's when we're tempted. And we've got to be ready ahead of time. Be ahead of the game. Have an understanding of how you defeat temptation and how when it comes, you know how to deal with it. You're not taken off guard. I think a lot of Christians fall over and over again in temptation because they don't know the simple ABCs of how to get on top of the situation and defeat temptation and disarm that giant. Because it's going to come to all of us. It's going to come to you today. It's going to come to you tomorrow. This is a fact of life on this earth. Now, here's the good news, that the Bible gives several keys to teaching us how to disarm that giant. It's a good thing that you're here today, or there are some of our friends watching by streaming, because if you didn't hear this today, you're going to fall. If you didn't hear this today, you're in some trouble. And God is bringing you a word out of his word so that you can know how to disarm this giant. Because I'm going to say it again, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The lion of Judah lives in you. The greatest conqueror, the greatest victor of all time lives in you. Good news. So let me share three simple keys to getting ahead of the game with temptation. And they are so simple. And yet we miss so many of them. Here's the first key. The first key is flee the scene of temptation. Avoid the scene. Now, let me tell you what God has not called you and I to do. God has not called us to debate with or to argue with or to reason with temptation. He has not called us to do that because you will lose the game. You can't sit there in the presence of temptation and reason with it, argue with it, debate with it, linger with it, because eventually it's going to take you down. God has not called us to do that. His solution is that we flee from it, that we avoid the scene of temptation. Now, avoiding it is better than fleeing from it, because if you flee from it, that presupposes that you've been in a place where you came under temptation and you've got to run away from it. But if you avoid it, you were never there in the first place where you've got to run away. So flee from it if you find yourself in the presence of temptation and avoid going to the scene where you will be tempted. For instance, Paul wrote, flee from sexual immorality. 
Do you know what that word flee, how strong it is in the Greek language? It comes from a Greek word that means run in terror. Flee. It means seek safety by flight. It means that what you're being tempted to, particularly sexual immorality, that it is so damaging, so destructive, that if you don't flee from it, you're really going to incur some regret. So flee. Flee from it. It's like a couple of boys I read about. They decided to walk through a corral where a huge bull was. As they were walking through the corral, the bull saw them and began to charge. One of the boys said, let's stop and pray. The other boy said, no, let's run and pray. (laughs) Now, the bull of temptation coming towards you, you don't sit and debate with it argue with it, reason with it. You really don't want to attack me. You really don't want to have anything to do with me. Come on, Mr. Bull, be nice. No, you run from it, praying all the way, Lord, give me fast feet. (laughs) The number one key to defeating temptation is to avoid the scene where the temptation can attack you. You know you're going to be attacked if you go in that scene. If you go to that place, if you see that person, if you get near that thing, you're going to be attacked. Temptation always begins by holding a promise of fulfillment, pleasure, or some kind of benefit. The devil, let me tell you what he is, a master disguiser. It is his job. It is his forte. It is his specialty to make what is wrong look right, what is bad look good, what is ugly look pretty. That's his job. And he's very, very, very good at it. He's been good at it for 6,000 years. He's very successful at it today because the Bible says the entire world is deceived by the devil. The entire world is under the deception and sway of the devil. Satan patiently grooms you over time, setting you up for a fall. I really do believe that with a man of God or a woman of God, he will work 20 years to bring you down. I know it sounds like a compliment. It's not meant to be a compliment of the devil, but he is patient. He'll wear you down, whittle you down, weary you down. He presents you with something appealing that promises a wonderful payday. I used to be a sold-out bass fisherman. When I lived in East Texas, I got the bass boat. I got all the fishing tackle. I would go out there all the time and bass fish. I really liked it. I liked going into Walmart and picking out new lures. Blue ones, pink ones, red ones, flashy ones, glittery ones. And I could just picture the bass hitting it. And I liked it. And I'd go out there and I learned that really as a fisherman, I was kind of like the devil. Because my job was to make that lure look real. Whoosh, bloom. And I learned to play that thing. Like it was a topwater lure. It's got little spinners on it that glisten and in the sun. And you learn to jerk it and do this and that where the bass, he's confused. He's going, is it real? Is it not? Is that a real minnow or is that fake? And then I go, toot, toot. And there have been times I was fishing where the bass, I could see him thinking about it. <laughs> and so... You just play it until finally he says, I think it's real. Here goes, bam, and he bites it. Now, here's what happens to him. As soon as he hits that lure, he's lost his life. He's lost control of his life. 
Because as soon as he hits that lure, I start reeling him in with a great big smile on my face. Here he comes. He's fighting. He's lunging. But here was what the bass knows. I was in control before I hit that bait. I was in control before I hit that thing. Now, since I hit that bait, I'm no longer in control. I'm no longer in control of my life. I'm being pulled where I don't want to go. I'm being taken where I don't want to arrive. I am seeing a being whose countenance I don't like getting closer and closer. And he's got a plan for my life. And I would bring that bass in. And let me tell you, if a bass can regret something, they would always regret hitting that bait. The devil's the same way. He throws it right in front of you. Boom. His job is to make it look like the real thing. Real love, real fulfillment, real satisfaction. His job is to make it look like the real thing. And finally, you, you're sitting there and you've gotten out of the word and you've gotten away from God kind of, you're listening to your flesh and you're watching this. And finally you say, well, I'm just going to take a chance. God's with me. And you take the lure. Now, Suddenly, you're not in control of your life. Something else has a hold of you. You're being pulled by a habit. You're being pulled by something else. Jesus is your Savior, but something has gotten a hold of your life, and now you're going where you don't want to go, doing what you don't want to do, saying what you don't want to say. You're saying to yourself, what am I doing? Satan is good at getting you to believe that something bad is good, and then you dive in He's promised you a payday, but that payday never comes. Because here's what happens. That bass, I've caught several of them where for a little bit, they thought they did have the real thing. They took off. There was enough slack in the line for them to take off. But then, before they got too far at all, they realized, I've lost my freedom. And payday comes. And it always comes to you and me when we bite Satan's bait. His promise always turns out to be illusory, a lie, a mirage. A cartoon in the New Yorker magazine showed some pigs feeding at a trough. As the farmer filled the trough with food, one hog suddenly stopped eating and asked a sobering question of the other hog. Have you ever wondered why he's so good to us? The answer is self-explanatory. He was getting them ready to become bacon. Now listen, devil works the same way. When Satan tempts people, he's like the farmer fattening up the pigs for the slaughter. He leads you along, beckoning you, put a little bread trail in front of you, and you walk around the periphery of that sin, and you say, well, gosh, nothing has happened to me yet. I mean, I feel okay. Maybe all that church stuff was a bunch of hooey. Maybe that Bible wasn't really accurate after all. Maybe I should be my own man, my own woman, and just go do what I want to do. And then, instead of walking around the periphery of the fire, you jump. And every tidbit of pleasure and promise the devil gave you fades into oblivion as the consequences begin to roll in. And you realize, I've been played a fool by the devil. I've been the devil's fool. There is nothing more angering than waking up and realize you've been the devil's fool. When you knew Jesus, knew the word of God, but you became the devil's fool. He got you. Now, he hadn't gotten your soul, but he got you to fall. I'd be a liar if I told you that there's not pleasure in sin. There is. If there was no pleasure in sin, nobody would sin. 
But the pleasure found in sin lasts only for a season. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, for a little while, like the prodigal. Hey, party, hearty, I'm out here with all these girls and all these friends, and I'm having this high time in the far country, or really low time in the far country. And then he woke up one day, and all the fair-weather friends were gone because his money was gone. All the girls were gone, and he was working for a hard taskmaster and eating pig slop. The consequences came in. And he woke up and said to himself, what am I doing? As surely as the sun rises, the bitter consequences always roll in when you sin. Now, I got good news for you today. The good news is that Satan can tempt you, but he cannot force you. He can entice you, but he can't coerce you. He can lure you, but he can't make you bite the bait. He can only get you tempted. He can lure, but he can't make you step out and take the bait. That's your decision and mine. So the first step to disarming the giant of temptation is to avoid the scene. Don't go where you know you're going to come under temptation. Here's the second one. Are you ready? Second key, know thyself. Know thyself. Be honest with yourself about yourself. Be honest with yourself about your own weaknesses and don't rationalize away or justify sinful actions. Be honest with yourself about yourself. Don't deny to yourself that you have a weakness. Can I tell you something about you and me here today? We're saved sinners. We still walk around in a tent of flesh. We're always going to be tempted. And you know what the devil knows? He knows how he had you in the past before you were saved. He knew what it was that you were involved in. And he will try to bring that up again and again and again and lure you into the same thing. So you got to be honest with yourself. What can't I get around? Don't be like the little boy who got caught eating cookies out of the cookie jar that his mother had up in the cupboard after having been told by his mother that he could not have any. His response to his mom when she caught him in the cookie jar, he said, I really wasn't going to eat any, Mom. I just climbed up to smell the cookies. You didn't say I couldn't smell them. And gee, Mom, while smelling them, somehow my teeth got caught on several of them and the cookies just wouldn't fall off. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Well, Lord, I'm just looking. I'm not doing. I mean, we don't understand this little boy. To win over temptation, watch this, saints. You've got to be honest with yourself. The Bible says, let no man deceive himself. 1 Corinthians 16, 18. If you deceive yourself about yourself, then you're going to be pulled down over and over again. You need to have a reckoning. Look in the mirror and say, there are certain things I cannot do. Certain things I cannot get around. I know myself. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Matthew 5, 29 through 30. Now, we know that Jesus wasn't literally saying blind yourself or maim yourself to stop sin. Because here's the truth. If you blinded yourself, it wouldn't stop it. And if you cut off your hand, it wouldn't stop it. Jesus is using exaggeration to teach us a lesson, to tell us a truth. 
And he was saying to us, know yourself well enough to know what you can't handle. If you've got a lust problem, the eye, and most people do, remove and insulate yourself from things that incite lust. Duh. Remember that cookie jar? If you've got a weakness with stealing, don't get around a bunch of money of other people. Don't go walking down Walmart, up and down the aisles over and over again aimlessly. Or if you're higher class, Neiman Marcus, or as they call it, needless markup. <laughs> well, if you've ever been in there, whoo. Now, do you remember Superman? The highlight of my day when I was a little kid, seven years old, eight years old, I would run out of school, run straight home to watch my golden hour, Superman, Batman, in black and white. George Reeves. And I used to love it when Superman would burst into a place and the bullets would hit him and not phase him. Oh, I love that. And especially when he would reach out and grab the gun from the crook and squeeze it and bend it and throw it at his feet. All right. I loved watching him fly. Shh. I put a towel on my back one day and jumped off a one-story roof. Halfway down, I realized I am not Superboy. I never did it again. But that's how much it got to me. (laughs) I tell you folks so many things to get over a fact, a truth. Now, you remember, there was one thing Superman could not get near. It was called... See, all of you know it. And I would watch my hero, my Superman. He would fly into a room in some dastardly, no-good criminal had somehow gotten kryptonite in there and my heart would break. He'd go in the room and he would start getting weak and he'd fall to his knees. Then he'd fall to his face and he went limp and he couldn't help himself. And somebody had to come rescue him. And my heart used to break Superman. Now, as soon as the kryptonite was gone, he got back up and saved the world. Now watch everyone in here has a kryptonite. Well, I hope this has helped you in your own battle against temptation. Remember, there is no temptation facing you, but that God has provided an exit door for you to flee through. And let me take this moment to encourage you to take advantage of the many resources offered on our Life Talk website. You will find a large archive of past messages free to download, as well as other helpful materials. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. U.S. We'd love to have you visit. Be sure to join us next time as we'll continue with part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Temptation. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened.
TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Disarming the Giant of Temptation is the sixth message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.